Welcome back to the Off The Bar Podcast. My name is Ben, and today we're going to be looking at not only soccer, not only Manchester United, but we're going to be looking at UEFA, we're going to be looking at football, we're going to be looking at basketball, we're going to be looking at transfers. This is going to be a very fun and exciting episode, so let's get right into it. So the first thing I want to talk about today is really the end of financial fair play. I mean, it's the end. You know, Man City somehow beat the case by bribe i guess i don't know how they looked over this and said this is not they they haven't broken any rules here this there's no way they just there's no way they did that there's no way so and the thing is they did break rules because they were fined 10 million i mean that's that's like a slap on the wrist to a team that's filled with oil money you know in a league that doesn't have a salary cap in a sport that really doesn't have a salary cap you're going to have to find more than 10 million you know, now the the first report that came out of this is they're going to turn around and not spend $150 million on players, which we'll get into the transfers later. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's insane. It's insane. Man City got off with a slap on the wrist here, and I think this is the end of financial fair play. Because if any, te- if any team gets it, it should be to your Champions League man. It should be something extremely harsh to say, you know what, you have to follow by your UEFA's rules. They didn't. And yet they somehow only got ten million taken off, which I get now is terrible. But look at their owner; their owner is filled with oil money. It's it. It's incredible. It it's genuinely incredible. Cause I woke up and I saw that uh, news, and I was just like, "Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't." You know, UEFA. Are UEFA really a governing body? Are they, or are they just? there to give out punishments that really aren't punishments to teams that really deserve punishment. Are they like the NCAA of of sport of uh, soccer? Because the NCAA does the same thing. Even though their their punishments are extreme at sometimes, you know, with the University of Miami. But I mean the NCAA does the same thing. And it's I mean it, it's terrible. It's terrible. UEFA really should have backed themselves and said, you know what? They broke the rules to your Champions League ban. And I'm not saying that as he, sitting here as a United fan saying we want Man City out of the Champions League so we can get fifth. Because I wouldn't be satisfied with fifth anyways. But, I mean, that's just, it's disgusting and it's it's incredibly appalling. The fact that they can get rid, they can get away with something like this. For only 10 million. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke. And then the worst thing is they come back and Pep Guardiola, who I despise who I genuinely, I don't like. I don't think he's that great of a man-manager. I genuinely don't like him. Turns around and says, I think we should get an apology. How pretentious can you be to say that? You break the rules. You've been fined for it. You got off off basically a warning. You, you break the rules. You turn around and say, yeah, I think we should get something for it. I think we should say, I think we should get an apology from UEFA. No. No, in fact, just by saying that, you should say overrule the, overrule the appeal. You're not getting two years. I mean, it's it's, it's incredible. It's genuinely incredible the fact that they got off of this. I mean, I'm, I am incredibly appalled, incredibly. And I I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say about it. I just, it's it's incredible. It's incredible that, that could happen. You know, Man City who weren't anything 20 years ago are now bossing around UEFA it's the end it's the end of financial fair play it's the end of really UEFA's reign over Europe over European soccer 
Because how are they going to come back and try and dish out the same punishment to another team? Where they can point to this and say, look what you did to them. You gave them a break. Why don't you give us a break? I, I don't know how they can come back from this. Really. I, I think it's, it's appalling. It's appalling. It's genuinely appalling. And I, and I, I, I am a loss of words for it. I'm at a loss for words. Really. I mean, it's... There's nothing else to say about it. They bossed UEFA. UEFA ran into a corner and hid and somehow did not dish out a punishment that said two years. Not even a year. Not even a year. Not even kicked out of this, kicked out this, this, this year, which I don't think they could do, but not even that. I mean, it's just... It's appalling. It's really appalling. And I think, you know... I, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's, it's incredibly appalling. And I'm so ashamed, almost, at UEFA. I mean, it's, this, it, 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 was, it is the worst thing to ever happen at UEFA, really. I mean, I, I, the worst thing in, like, recent memory, like, this year to happen at UEFA. This was a, this was an incredible slip-up. An incredible slip-up. And not only am I just upset, I'm just disappointed. I'm not upset coming from a United fan that just despises Man City, but I'm upset at just the sheer incapability um, and incompetence that really came from this. Really. I really, truly am. So, I mean, that's enough on that subject, but I mean, I, I don't understand. I really, truly don't understand. And then Man City to turn around and be just a-holes about it. I'm not going to curse, but a-holes. Really, just it, it it dumbfounds me, really, and I mean I guess we have to live with it. Switching to another type of football, and we're going to be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs here, which I mean this is going to be just all money talk, which is going to be fun. So first, we're going to start off with the smaller contract, which is hilarious to say. Um, Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, who is arguably the best defensive tackle in, in the world, when you're talking about going into the trenches. Um, has just signed a four-year, $85 million contract with the Kansas City Chiefs to stay there. Uh, am I surprised about this? No. You know, he said he wouldn't play for anything less than $100 million. Of course, he's not going to get that type of money, especially with the contract we're going to talk about next. But, you know, this is a good... I think it's a good contract for both parties, you know. I mean, he... You know, he had all the advantage here saying, look at the contract you gave Mahomes. I want the same money. But... I mean, it's a good contract for him. And I think four years, 85 is a lot of money, you know, and you get out the hope that kind of he doesn't drop in production. But he's been incredible for them, so I'm not really that shocked about this. The main story I want to talk about is Patrick Mahomes. This happened last week, but Patrick Mahomes is 12 years, $503 million contract. Now, to think of this financially, do you have it front-loaded or back-loaded? They probably have it back-loaded, especially with the fact that they've signed, they've re-signed Terry Kill, they re-signed Chris Jones. They're going to try and re-sign probably Travis Kelsey and Mitchell Schwartz and other and other pieces like Tyron Matthew and those guys. This is going to be one of the most... Tr- this is the trickiest contract, I think, anyone has ever made. You know, I when, I when he signed it, I was like... I almost got flashbacks to watching the documentaries about how, like, Magic Johnson got a 10-year, $100 million contract or 10-year, 10-year, $10 million contract. And I was like... Wow, you know, it's a huge commitment, you know, and to me personally, you know, my 
teacher uh, used to talk about how LeBron wasn't actually getting what he's worth, even though his contracts were like 30 a year. So this is the first time that a player has gotten what he's worth to the team. And half a billion dollars is a lot of money to be worth, you know. And, I mean, I don't know. This is is kind of also arching on two things. Number one, if Andy Reid stays in that job for as long as they can, as long as he can, that team's going to succeed. Because he has a really good knack of finding players to replace players. Finding cheap options to replace players. He has a really good knack of it. And number two, they're going to have to hope that Mahomes' knee injury that he had is not going to flare up, is not going to do anything that is going to kind of disrupt the blistering form he's been in this past year. It doesn't seem like it will be, it doesn't seem like it will be a problem, but he, they're going to really just pray every time that he gets tackled that he's not, that he's going to get back up. You know, I mean, $503 million, that's an incredible number. You know, it's an incredible, like, that's, that's more than most, that's, that's probably more than, like, all, every player in almost every sport has ever earned. I mean, that's that's incredible. That's genuinely incredible, you know. And it's kind of weird to say that because you sign people and you buy people off of potential, you know. And I think that, to me, is this is the biggest kind of showing of it. He won a Super Bowl. Is he going to be that same quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Pat Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback in the league. I, I wouldn't even say arguably, but, you know, you also have Lamar Jackson and even Tom Brady, but... Brady kind of flew off. But anyways, I mean, it's just an incredible amount of money. $503 million. Are they going to do the percentage? I, th- I heard that they weren't actually going for a percentage as well. So that's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money that the, the Chiefs are going to have to pay Pat Mahomes. And they also he also got a lot of that guaranteed as well. So, I mean, this is, this is incredible. You know, I remember a couple months ago, the report that it was going to be like almost $200-$300 million. And now it's half a billion dollars. And it's the biggest contract in sports history. And it's it's genuinely incredible. So, you know, congrats to him because that's a lot of money. But also this is going to be very tricky for both uh, Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The next uh, deal I want to talk about is Derrick Henry's. It's four years, $50 million with $25.5 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money, especially for a running back. I think the, the number is really low because he didn't really perform well the first couple of years of his... Uh, career in the NFL, you know, coming out, he had such a high expectation coming out of uh, Alabama, I was going to say Auburn there, but no, it was Alabama, uh, he won the Heisman Trophy, he was just incredible, he, he was he was probably one of the best running backs we've seen in a long time in college, so now we have to look at, you know, he didn't play with for the first couple of seasons, and then he kind of turned it on last season, and then this past season, he's just been, you know, he was a rushing leader, he was incredible, he was one of the main reasons why the Titans even got into the playoffs, besides Ryan Tannehill. And I think that's also another factor why the number is so low. Ryan Tannehill got, I believe, a hundred-something million dollar contract, which was something that was a lot different than what a lot of people thought it would be, because a lot of people thought he would take a team-friendly deal to stay on the team, because, you know, I, I, I'm a Dolphins fan. I know how bad he can be. I know how bad Ryan Tannehill can be, so I'm surprised this deal was as big as it was. Uh, but... You know, that's also another thing to look at as well when you're talking about this Derrick Henry deal. It's a pretty good deal for him, you know, four years. It still gives him enough time that if the Titans aren't doing so well, he can definitely uh, he can definitely go to another team after those four years. So I think it's a really good deal for both the Titans and Derrick Henry. So I think this is a really good deal. The last thing I want to talk about is kind of a rant I'm going to go on, kind of like the UEFA-style rant, but this is 
are going to be a little bit shorter because I'm my knowledge for football is not as good as my knowledge for soccer. So I just want to say the Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst run team in football. They are. And it, this has become apparent, especially right after the fact that they just fell off a cliff. You know, they had one good year where they were just so lucky not to get injured. Like, to have none of their players go out with injury. There are reports, and I'm saying this because there are reports that came out that said they're not willing to trade Yannick Ngakwe after him feuding with the, the owner's son, after him openly saying, I am leaving. I am not going to play with you, uh, play for you anymore. I'm not going to play anymore. And even then, they're still not going to going to let him uh, get traded. Because, look, he's a great pass rush. He's very talented. He's a young guy. He's, you know, he, he still has a lot of time in the NFL. You're ruining his career by doing this. You're ruining his career to spite him. They are the Jose Mourinho of uh, sports teams because they they will prove a they will ruin a guy's career to prove a point. You know, Jose Mourinho ran Nemanja Matic into the ground to prove a point. He played McTominay at center back to prove a point. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars to prove a point to prove that they're right are going to not trade Yannick Ngakwe. Where there are so many rumors that Miami Dolphins were for him, Seattle Seahawks were for him, that other teams were for him. This is genuinely this is this is this is bad. This is genuinely appalling. The NFLPA should step in because they've already stepped in and said, "Do not go to Jacksonville. They're terrible. They're terrible. They they don't manage people t- well. They just don't." And this is just one of the things to show it. I mean, it's an incredibly terrible uh, thing that they just came out with that they're not going to trade Yannick Ngakwe. That they're going to force him to play on a terrible team. I mean, that that guy deserves to be on a great team. Yannick Ngakwe deserves to be on a great team, and I think it's it's a genuine disgrace. It, it really, truly is. It's a genuine disgrace, and I'm I'm sorry for Yannick Ngakwe. Really, I just really am sorry for him. It's it's genuinely appalling, and and I hope this gets uh, figured out quickly because Yannick Ngakwe de- deserves to be on a team, and I'm not gonna say a good team like the Miami Dolphins because we don't know how good the Miami Dolphins are gonna be this year, and we know that they have interest in them, but. You know, they, he deserves to be on a good team. And this is just appalling from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The final deal I want to talk about is Miles Garrett. Five years, $125 million extension. So I believe he's still, including the extension, has $144 million. So, that, I mean, that's an incredible deal for one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. So I'm not surprised this deal went through. You know, you have a lot of pe- uh, people thinking that the Cleveland Browns, if they can turn it around this year... Have a chance at run, have a chance at making a run of the playoffs. So I'm not really surprised about this. You know, it's a good deal for him. I think it's a really good deal for the for the uh, Browns because you get one of the best rushes in the league. You get someone who is at every turn except for the one against uh, the Steelers is level headed and really really well disciplined. So I think Miles Garrett. That's an incredible deal for the for the Browns. I think it's really good, and I think it's it's a really good deal for both the Browns and Miles Garrett. So the last thing we're going to talk about today are transfers uh, in soccer. So we're going to talk about Man City first, because of course we are, because they are just the biggest a-holes. They turned around to UEFA and gave them the middle finger and said, we have $150 million to spend. Thank you for only uh, finding us $10 million and not giving us a ban. So they turn around and they say, okay, we already have an agreement for Ferran and Torres. And this has been reported, I think, today that they have set an agreement. This hasn't been officially reported, but this is been reported on a wide scale that they have an official agreement with Ferran Torres, a very, uh, very talented winger coming from Valencia. So he's a sign of replacement. I think this is a good transfer for Man City. I don't know how good this transfer is going to be for Ferran Torres, though. I mean, the kid's young. I, I, I say kid. He's, old, he's older than I am, but he's young. 
you know, he's a young guy, and I don't know if he's going to, because he, he's going to go from starting at Valencia to on the bench. And, you know, it, look, I don't see Sterling leaving anytime soon unless PSG or one of the bigger clubs that aren't Manchester United come in for him. I don't see um, any other player that plays on the midfield, uh, plays on the left and the right, uh, changing Bernardo Silva, you know, Riyad Mahrez. I don't see them leaving anytime soon. Maybe Riyad Mahrez just because he's like the older out of the th- the oldest person out of the three people I mentioned. But he, you know, this is I don't know how good because he's gonna he might just fall into the predicament that Phil Foden has that Phil Foden's playing now a little bit more because they have nothing to play for. But when they were in the title challenge and they were playing competitive games. You know, he was on the bench, and there were a lot of links away for him. And Fran Torres needs to be careful and needs to be at his A game, especially at Manchester City, to be able to get it, get into the team. Because if he doesn't get into the team, it's just another wasted talent. So this is a good transfer, I believe. I don't. Uh, there hasn't been a a figure for how much he's going for, but you know, I'm sure it's probably less. It's gonna be either around fifty or less than fifty, uh, fifty million. So I think. It's a good it's a good amount for someone who's proven he can play at a high level. You know, of course, we don't know how he's going to play in the Premier League because it's a totally different league from... It's not a totally different league, but it's, it's a different league from uh, La Liga. So I think this is generally going to be a good... It's a good transfer for Man City. It's a good transfer for Valencia to get probably a lot of money out of one of their biggest assets. Uh, but it's not the best It's not the best transfer for Fran Torres. First, because I, I, I can see him fitting into the team, but I don't know if he's ever going to really... Crack, crack the first team just because of how well the wingers have played this year. The next transfer I want to talk about is, of course, Jane Sancho. Now, we've been linked with him for the past 4.3 billion years, so he's, I think he might be older than the Earth. I think this link. But realistically, we've been linked with him for the past two and a half years. Christian Falk has now come out and said Manchester United will pay $120 million for Jane Sancho if they qualify for Champions League. Which is, I think, always been an if, especially with the Jane Sancho deal. Because Jane Sancho, I think, his representatives have come out and said he's not going to Manchester United if they don't get Champions League. That was kind of the one snag that we've had. And and he's a really reliable Christian Falk. He's been he was right about the Bellingham transfer, which kind of relates to this transfer because they already signed Bellingham, they signed Munir. They're probably gonna need more money. So there's there's somewhat of an urgency to sign Sancho, but there really isn't because they don't need to. Because they can wait and get his max price next year. So, genuinely, I think this is a good deal for United. $120 million is a lot, especially in this uh, price. But imagine if he goes out next year and absolutely balls out for um, for Borussia Dortmund. And now uh, the price is 160 you know. So, it's, it's a pretty good deal now. And I think the one snag is if they reach the UCL. And I think it was if they reach UCL, like, properly. I think that was the kind, not not the same word, not the same verbiage that he said, but it was like the same kind of feel to it. It was if they get it properly, which I don't know if that means it has to be top three. I don't know if it has to be in top four or top three or top four. It kind of discredits the Europa League, so I don't think United can win it that way, which kind of sucks because I don't see a team that United can't beat. I mean, Inter's really good, but I don't see them losing to Inter. But, you know, I think... This is a good deal. I mean, we've been chasing him for so long. We're really, really imbalanced, and we need someone like who's world class on the right. And he's he is he's world class. He's one of the biggest prospects in the world, and he deserves to make make a move to a bigger club. And what bigger club than the biggest club in England? So, I think you know, as kind of Fabrizio Romano said, this is going to be a long process. I'm not surprised that this is uh, gonna this is gonna take for the next two weeks to kind of 
say it. They kind of, they kind of kind of put the wheels in motion for the season to end. But you know, I'm very surprised that that's kind of the snag, not only for Jane Sancho, but for uh, but for Dortmund, that if they qualify, they can buy him. Because personal terms have been agreed, and that wasn't the hard part, again, for Britsky Romano, who's, like, goat-tier uh, reporter. Like, he's up there with Adrian Wojnarowski, which, free Woj, by the way. Um, but I think this is genuinely, this is a great deal, and it's going to take a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if United were able to sign Jack Grealish uh, before, which he, it looks kind of nailed on that he'll leave Aston Villa, because Aston Villa are four points off relegation, so... Grealish is set to move, and Man United are the front runners in in that race. And you know now we have Jane Sancho, which again I personally think is going to be the last transfer we make this summer. Um, and I think it's genuinely it's a great transfer. It's a great transfer for both clubs because you get 120 million for him, which is an incredible amount of money. And especially in this climate that we're in, but you also get Jane. Sa- if you're United, you get Jane Sancho, who is. One of the best right wing right mid uh, right players that play on the right um, in the world right now, like right wingers and right midfielders. That he's one of the best in the world, and you're getting quality for him. So I I'm very excited for this transfer. I think it's gonna happen. I've I've said before I've said before off the podcast that this is going to happen. Um, I think it's gonna be really good. I think it's gonna be a really good transfer if this goes through. The next one isn't a transfer per se, but it is kind of it does kind of talk about transfers. Uh, Tomas, the central, the defensive midfielder from Atletico Madrid, is set to sign a new contract for with Atleti, with interest from mostly interest from Arsenal, but Manchester United have also looked at him as an option. Now, am I surprised about this? A little bit, but I'm not surprised with that, and I'm very surprised that some a team like Atletico, who are known for kind of selling their best players, are kind of holding on. I mean, they sold Rodri after a season, so I'm very surprised they're holding on to. Uh, they're holding on to Tomas. And look, I think it's going to be good for his career. You know, he he's going to go, again, he's going to go from big fish and small pond where he also has one of the best midfielders in the world to his side, which is, you know, Saul Niguez. So he's going to go from playing with one of the best midfielders in the world to going to Arsenal, who's one of the worst teams in the Premier League. They're not one of the worst teams in the Premier League, but they're pretty bad. Uh, so I'm not surprised that this ha- that this is happening. I think he probably looked at his options and said, I'd have a better career staying here. So, you know, it's good on him for extending an extension. You know, he, the guy deserves it. He's one of the premier defensive midfielders in the top five leagues. I think this guy is, generally, I, I would want him on my team. I think he plays extremely well. And, you know, it's good for him. And I think it's kind of funny that they're struggling to, uh, Arsenal's struggling to track for $50 million for him, even though they're going ahead and probably going to sign, probably going to sell Ozil and some other players for him. They probably want to swap him for, like, Luka Torreira, or I wouldn't say Granik Jacker because Jacker is their captain. So, But, you know, I think this is a good deal and for Thomas, and I feel kind of bad for Arsenal. But, I mean, how can you not feel bad for Arsenal? Do you see where they are at the league table? I mean, it's incredible. One rumor that I had to call out for being BS, uh, kind of that there's any possibility to it, that that's the BS, is Marcus Rashford, the kind of pride and joy of Manchester United fans, and Manchester really after his, basically his work for uh, children to get him. He should be knighted already. They should have to say Sir Marcus Rashford when he's playing. But uh, Rashford has been linked to PSG as their top prospect. I'm giving this a 0% chance. I, I think it's true. I think 
Thomas Duchel's probably looked at him and said, this guy is amazing. He's being very undervalued in England, which, yeah, he is. I mean, he's he has 21 goals in the season for, the, uh, for a reason, you know. But, I mean, he, there's no way he's leaving Manchester. There's no way. They, they're going to have to drag him from Manchester to, P- to uh, Paris. There's no way. I just don't see it. They'd have to pay probably $200 million for him. And, I, and even then, I, I don't know if I'd accept that. I mean, the kid's only... The kid, he's older than me, but the guy's only 20-something, like, early 20, like, 22 years old. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. I, I don't, And even then, Neymar likes to play on the left. You're not moving Rashford to the right because that's not his dominant side. So now you're kind of creating a sort of, like, a sort of kind of power struggle. So you're going to have to probably sell Neymar, which no one's going to have the more than $200 million you're going to ask for him. So there's no way. There's just no possible way this is going to happen and I'm calling it BS because there's no way it's going to happen I, I'm sure that Thomas Tuchel wants him because who doesn't want Marcus Rashford on their team but it's just incredible it's just it's just this is incredible like link you know it, it's kind of funny to see the the progression of Marcus Rashford from kind of breakout star under Van Gaal to uh, kind of overlooked at uh, under Mourinho and now he's being linked with a move to Paris Saint-Germain so I'm very excited. I'm very happy for him, but this is just not happening. This is just not happening. I'm sorry. It's, I, I can't see this happening. I really, truly can't. The last transfer from Manchester United we're going to talk about is Mike Smalling. It's not Chris Smalling anymore because he's played well and got a team of the season. It's now Mike Smalling. So Chris Smalling, <laughs> if you know that joke, you know that joke. Uh, but Chris Smalling is at Roma. He's played incredibly well under the system that the coaches put in. Off the top of my head, I can't remember the coach for Roma but it just seems it seems that this is going to happen it looks like it's going to be 20 million that was kind of the agreed fee that was rumored to happen so you know good on him look he's played incredibly well there good for him he's technically one of the worst defenders I've ever seen come out uh, come out of Manchester United and be one of the best defenders Manchester United have had because he's a great defender he's just you know he's just the same he's just not really great technically but Again, twenty million. I think, especially in this market, to get twenty million for, uh, for Chris Smalling, I think it's incredibly well. I think it's incredibly, incredibly, incredible deal by uh, Ed Woodward. So, good, good on him, especially from a team like Roma, who probably need to sell players. You know, so good for, uh, good for uh, Ed Woodward and Manchester United. You know that can cover Jaden Santer, that can cover Jack Grealish, that can cover another signing if they want to make another one. I think this is an incredible deal for both parties. So the final transfer I want to talk about today is Jan Oblak. There's been a rumor that Chelsea are willing to spend $70 million and trade Kepa Rizabalaga for Jan Oblak, who is one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the world, genuinely. And I think he gets overlooked because he's at Atletico Madrid. But there's some crazy stat that he has played more games than goals he's conceded, which is genuinely... Like, he's kept more clean sheets than like goals he conceded or something like that. It was an incredible stat that came out like a year ago. I'm sure that's changed, but uh, I think it, that's incredible. But let's talk about how the validity of this. I think this is genuinely something that could happen, but I don't see Diego Simeone, Simeone chomping at the bit to get rid of Jan Oblak. You know, United were linked with Jan Oblak a long time ago when De Gea was first starting to struggle. Uh, or No, when De Gea was kind of refusing to sign a contract, uh, they were linked with him, and it didn't pan out, of course. De Gea is the number one for the next couple of years unless Dean Henderson takes over, which is another conversation for another time. But, you know, Kepa Rizabalaga has been known to kind of be hard to work with. So I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm really, 
I'm really not surprised that this is this is a rumor, especially with kind of the uh the mess he's created against like against Sheffield he looked awful, against Crystal Palace he looked awful. I mean he he had probably nothing to do against Norwich, but he hasn't been the best this season. He hasn't been at his best this season, and the seventy, what it was like seventy or ninety million on him. It was it it's genuinely you know it's it's not a wealthy it's not a return it's not a great turn of, uh, return of investment, so. You know, I think this is something that... I, I would give it, like, a 2 out of 10, just because this is the first time it's being reported. I don't think it will happen, but I think there's a chance that this would happen, especially because Chelsea probably do have the money stocked up, and Roman Abramovich actually cares about the club. So, uh, this could happen, but I don't think it will. Um, but it would be it would be extremely exciting to see Allison, Jan Oblak, and De Gea all in the same league. I think that will be genuinely... And Ederson. I mean, it's gonna it, that generally be that will generally be exciting to watch, and I don't think it will happen. But if it does happen, you know, kudos to them. That's great business, because Kepa is Kepa really a top goalie? I wouldn't say this year. No, I wouldn't. I mean, you 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 make the same kind of argument for De Gea, but I I think Kepa was even worse than De Gea this year. So, you know, you have to look at it. That, you have to look at it that way, and you have to look at it as Jan Oblak is one of the best, if not the best, goalkeepers in the world. If you are going to do this, you're probably going to have to get more than $70 million. But in this market, you can never really tell. But, you know, I think this could happen. Diego Simeone is probably not going to deal with Kepa's kind of inability to learn. You know what I mean? Like, he seems to be very set in his own ways, Kepa. And that's great for a goalie sometimes. But, you know, when you're, when you're arguing in the middle of the game with your um, coach and you fall out with your coach, that's not the best kind of... You don't have the best representation from that. So I think, you know, I think this could happen. I'm not going to hold my hat over it. I'm not going to say this will happen. But if it does, you know, it's going to be very exciting to watch the Premier League. There's going to be a lot of clean sheets for the uh, for those teams. But I think, you know, I'll give this a 2 out of 10. I really, truly don't know. I don't think it will happen, but, you know, I'll be excited if it does. And that's that. I think those are my uh, comments about the Southampton game, and those are my predictions for not only the lineup but the score for the uh for the Crystal Palace game, uh if you like what you heard, we're on Spotify off the bar podcast. Definitely show some love and support. Comment down below what you think the score line would be for the Crystal Palace game, and if you liked what you heard, like and subscribe. Thank you.